We have made it to the end of the week. Welcome into the Friday, y'all. How are you guys doing? We hope you're doing just groovy as we've got you ready for a three-hour fun ride into the weekend. I am General John Rawls, CSA, country country boy, but also CSA means certified Southern American, and we're happy that you, my fellow certified Southern Americans, are going to be along for this Friday Y'all Show. We've got a very, very good Friday show lined up for you. We've got a look at headlines from across the Southland that we'll be talking about throughout the day today, including we'll let you know about many of you are flying this Memorial Day weekend, what to expect at airports. I'll tell you one thing you can likely expect, long lines. We'll have information on that. A philanthropist from Atlanta, A.D. Carell, has died. I'll fill you in on what Mr. Carell did throughout his life. Also, police, an update from Virginia. Police have now arrested the suspect in a shooting this week that left two retired military veterans. They were actually physicians within the military. Two people gunned down at their home. An arrest made there. Also in Tennessee, driver accused of speeding through a crowded vaccination place. Mm. We'll let you know about that here on today's Y'all Show. Miranda Lambert has a brand new Broadway bar, Lower Broadway, downtown Nashville. Casa Rosa is open. Also, a runaway alligator, a Louisiana gator spotted hundreds of miles away in texas how how in the world is that and then another wild and crazy animal story on this friday black bears crashing a pool party in the smoky mountains of tennessee all that is coming up today on our headlines across the south we've got some college sports that we'll get to in this first hour of y'all an update from the sec tournament oh a dandy on thursday night between the number one arkansas razorbacks and the vanderbilt commodores the number three team in all of college baseball And we'll get you an update from Hoover and what's on tap in the SEC tournament going on today, as well as the other college baseball top 25 action going on today. We'll let you know all of that in our college sports section here in this first hour. Also in the college sports section, we now know the first three weeks of televised games in college football. And I'll walk through the schedule for SEC teams, but also We'll tell you about what's going to be taking place in Montgomery, Alabama. UAB, Jacksonville State getting together for a kickoff classic. And those two teams are both from the heart of Dixie. We'll tell you what they're going to be doing in the capital of the heart of Dixie to get their respective seasons up and going. So we'll have info on all that coming up. Also, in terms of college sports, we got some college tennis news here on this Friday. Y'all show we've got a national championship in austin texas that was just crowned we'll let you know who that is there's only one major team that i know of in austin texas that could possibly play college tennis but also we'll take you to atlanta the emory eagles they won two national championships here this week in division three tennis the men's and women's teams of this very prestigious atlanta university emory i'll tell you about that here on today's y'all show and also this hour, we're going to take you back to Tuesday. Our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans, was on, and we've got him back on here today. It is Memorial Day weekend, and we're going to have what we call I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. And Matt Hermans, when he was on our Tuesday show, he talked about 
some of the specials going on right now if you want to get a new grill just in time for Memorial Day Monday. And the Barbecue Barrister is going to walk through some various options that are being listed here this week that you might can save some money if you're looking for a, a new grill for the backyard. Barbecue Barrister Matt Hermans talking grills in our ICYMI in case y'all missed it. And that'll be later this hour. We also have Kobe Bennett dropping by with a southern accent on sports here in this first hour of talk with a southern accent. All right, let me tell you how you can get in touch with y'all. It's so easy. All you got to do is pick up your phone, go out to the pay phone if you got one of those around, and dial 803-816-1170. That is a number you can call 24-7, whether you're listening to us on a great radio station or you are listening to the podcast edition. And I'll tell you about all our podcast ways that you can get us through the podcast as we progress here on this Friday Y'all Show. But, yeah, pick up the phone, 803-816-1170. And text us at that number. You can call us, and we'll be happy to pass along whatever you've got on your southern mind here on this Y'all Show Friday edition. Also, our website is y'all.com. It is the homepage of the South. We've got awesome stuff up there and more stuff coming. Check that out, y'all.com. Included at y'all.com is a link to where you can listen to the Y'all Show. So that's that's all fine and dandy and we want to share that with you we also want to tell you that in hour two of today's y'all show it is memorial day on monday we will be off the air fyi no broadcast on monday but in honor of memorial day we're going to walk through the great sacrifice hundreds of thousands more than a million now of our brave men and women in uniform have made for this country and i'll share with you Memorial Day thoughts, and I'll play one of the best Memorial Day type songs that can be played. We're going to go back to 1989. The Statler Brothers had a song called More Than a Name on a Wall. Really, that was about the Vietnam Wall uh, in Washington, D.C., and it's just a touching song, and we'll tell you about the song. We'll play the song from the Statler Brothers, and we'll just tell you about Memorial Day and how special a, a day this is. It's it's considered a holiday But it really should be more than that. It just should be a time to reflect and honor. And not necessarily, even though we're going to be talking about grilling with Matt Herman's this hour, it's not supposed to be a big party. It's supposed to be a solemn occasion here as we honor the nation's war dead. All that will be hour two of today's Y'all Show. We'll also have in hour two Craig Faulkner dropping by with his latest fishing forecast and a look at movies in hour two. Hour three today of the Y'all Show. More sports information will pass along. And then I'm going to really tick about 99.9% of you off. Get ready because in hour three today, we're going to be walking through an article from stacker.com on the best school districts in every state. So unless you're from that certain school district in your state that won top honors from slacker.com, yeah, you're going to have to, and it actually, I, I'm mis- I didn't go to one of these best school districts because I can't read. It's not Slacker. It's it's Stacker. Stacker. Stacker.com's got the best school district in every state. And I'm going to walk through the 16 southern states and tell you which school district is numero uno in your respective state. And, again, if you're not in one of those districts, I'm going to be ticking off about 99.9% of you. So get ready for that. All that right here. And we're going to also walk through some festivals going on across the south here this weekend memorial day weekend 2021 
All right, let's get into headlines from across the southeast to Key West, Florida. A boat has overturned. Ten people are missing currently, two dead, and Coast Guard rescuers have already pulled eight survivors from the water there in Monroe County, Florida, the Florida Keys. But an awful way to start the Memorial Day weekend with this capsized boat in the Key West area of Florida. Again, two people already confirmed to have drowned when this boat capsized. It happened on Thursday evening in waters, this boat overturning 18 miles southwest of Key West, according to the Coast Guard rescuers, pulling eight people from the water around 1 p.m. Thursday. Coast Guard cutters, several smaller boats deployed for the search and rescue mission, which remain active throughout the day. But, yes, Coast Guard officially putting out a release talking about this loss of life and how they're searching for these people. Key West authorities there not releasing details about where the boat came from, whether it set sail from the Keys or possibly somewhere else. This could have been a boat coming from Cuba. Remember, Key West is only 90 nautical miles from Cuba. The Coast Guard said it repatriated Coast Guard said it repatriated eight Cubans Thursday after they were interdicted. I should know what this word is. I didn't go to one of those best schools. Interdicted, I guess is the word. Interdicted off Alamandora, another key to the east of Key West last week. So something's going on in Cuba, and that might be why, again, a boat capsizing near Key West and these many people rescued and several people missing and two already confirmed dead. A, this gives me a chance to thank again our our veterans and our active duty, and I want to do a special salute here with this story to the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard every day throughout this entire country, on the waters of the inland and offshore, goes out risk their lives. In so many ways, they risk their lives. Just being on a boat going in some of the places they go to is pretty risky. And and the way they handle the drug trade. I mean, these Coast Guard officers are on the front line of dudes with a lot more powerful weapons, maybe, and they're risking their lives to go out and protect the country. And then you've got the, the life-saving mission that they have. Coast Guard, thank you very much. All you Coasties out there, we appreciate it. And here again off of Key West, we're seeing an, an episode where, once again, the Coast Guard's trying to save lives and They're going to be doing that throughout the next couple of days with a holiday weekend. Coast Guard often inland on rivers and lakes, well away from the sea, protecting our citizens. An infant in North Carolina has died after being attacked by a two-dog member, the family's two dogs. This happened in Johnson County, North Carolina. The baby identified as Malia Scott Winberry. Again, two dogs attacking this young child. And the child has now died in North Carolina. A a tragic story to pass along here heading into this Memorial Day weekend. But once again, it shows that animals, we might think they're our best friend and and we just love them and they're the greatest things ever. But if you do the wrong thing or perhaps a, a dog might have a mind of its own, you end up having stories like this. This 10 month old girl dying after the family's dogs attacked her while her father briefly stepped away. Deputies called to the home Tuesday after the infant's father, Scott Winberry, stepped away for a couple minutes and reportedly returned to find the family's two dogs attacking his daughter, 
The man, Mr. Scott, is a law enforcement officer and attempted to revive his daughter when deputies arrived. And it, there are a lot of commotion, so he went back inside and found the baby unresponsive. Deputies tried to revive the 10-month-old girl to no avail. She was pronounced dead at the scene. Authorities didn't know if the girl's mother, who works as an EMS in Johnson County, North Carolina, was home at the time of the dog attacking the child. The dogs identified as Rottweilers, both a male and female. The neighbors said that the dogs usually were protective of the young child. Animal control took possession of the animal. The family will decide whether to bring the dogs back or have them euthanized. Something tells me they will be euthanized, but a just terrible story about a youngster in North Carolina, the child of a law enforcement and an EMS officer there losing their life after being attacked by dogs. Mm. If you're going to be flying this Memorial Day weekend, you can expect long lines for sure. So be advised, be on the lookout for a long line coming near you, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said people traveling for this Memorial Day weekend should be patient because there will certainly be long lines at airport. Now, the TSA has been hiring so it can be ready for increased travel this weekend and throughout the summer. He said this on Good Morning America today. As he has said, patience is required. People will see lines because there's going to be a tremendous amount of people traveling, you think? He said masks are also required, so don't go to the airport without a mask. The mask mandate is a federal mandate in airports and on airplanes, according to Mayorkas, and that's going to hold true probably until mid-September. Long lines and masks, that's what you got to look forward to. If you are flying, but a lot of people are driving, no mask required when you're driving in your own car, but have that mask available because you might have to stop at a pit stop somewhere and They'll have a big sign on the door saying you you got to mask up, so be ready for that. Some rebels, if you will, in the Republican side of the U.S. House floor, Marjorie Greene and Matt Gates together, not that kind of together, together at a, a, a rally, and this was in Dalton, Georgia, Thursday, and now they're both saying they're at this gathering of supporters, hundred couple hundred people there in Dalton for these two stars. And many people would say these are stars, fallen stars, or in, maybe in Marjorie Greene's case, a star that should have never risen, some people would say. But the, the congressman who is from northwest Georgia, Marjorie Greene, and Matt Gates, who is from the Pensacola area, Georgia-Florida is usually a rivalry, but here they are together in the Peach State on Thursday, and Marjorie Green at this event at the Dalton Convention Center, which I've been to many times, showered with homecoming cheers after she drove in on a military Humvee that was featured in some of her early campaign ads. The crowd sang... Marjorie Green, it was her birthday. They sang happy birthday before she spent the better part of the hour talking about the many run-ins she's had in Congress and criticizing Democrats and other political enemies. And it didn't take long for the congressman to mention President Trump and his claims that the 2020 election was stolen, That, according to reports from the big rally in Dalton. She said, I have a very important question. We've got to clear something up. 
Who won the presidential race on November 3rd in Georgia? And the crowd chanted Trump's name, not that of uh, Joe Biden. And, yeah, that's what uh, she said. But she had Matt Gates there, who, of course, if you know anything about him, he's been in the news a lot for not the best of reasons here lately. But those two together in North Georgia on Thursday. And, yeah, how about that? Having a big birthday party for Marjorie Green, I will give her credit. She's not backing down. I mean, she she's a rebel, and and you know they kicked her off all the committees. She, she she's got a lot of free time. In fact, if you'll allow me, I'm going to invite her to come on this show. She'll probably ignore me. I'd like to hear her story. And we we'll have Democrats on here as well. We've we've had Democrats on the y'all show, and we've had Republicans. We we try to cover it all but you can't deny that marjorie green is a very popular slash polarizing figure and you certainly can't deny she's a southern girl (laughs) from from georgia i think she grew up in forsyth county and went to uga and a businesswoman and uh yeah she's got a story to tell and and if we interview her if we get a chance to talk to her we're going to do something that other people don't do we're going to you know promote her southernness here on the y'all show and and of course she'll probably talk about other things that some of you might not particularly like, but that's what we do here on the Y'all Show. We try to cover it all, y'all. Ted Lana and a philanthropist there has died at the age of 80. A.D. Carell, this philanthropist and businessman known for leading one of Georgia's biggest companies, and he helped save Atlanta's public hospital, dying at the age of 80, as it's been confirmed that he died at his home after a brief illness. Carell was one of the, according to the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, His impact on Georgia will be felt for generations to come. He was one of the most visionary and influential philanthropists in the city of Atlanta, and he was instrumental in revitalizing Grady Memorial Hospital during a time when there were fears it would close because of financial woes. He was a Brunswick, Georgia native who later moved to Atlanta and worked in paper mills before joining a paper and materials manufacturer Georgia Pacific in 1998. He rose to be chairman of Georgia Pacific in 1993 and negotiated a $21 billion sale of Georgia Pacific to Koch Industries many years ago. So, yeah, the old head of Georgia Pacific, who ended up being a big philanthropist throughout the Atlanta area, now has died in his Atlanta, Georgia home. More Atlanta news here on today's Y'all Show. A, a mayoral candidate there. Remember, Keisha Bottoms is not going to be running for re-election. So you got a bunch of people lining up to be Atlanta's next mayor. And one mayoral candidate in the capital city of Georgia is going to continue his cry to defund the police. And he's going to be doing this after he's been telling everybody that the police need to be defunded. And he's telling this after his car's been stolen. Yeah, he says we don't need police, but his car just got stolen. His Mercedes, stolen in broad daylight on Wednesday, by the way. Antonio Brown is a councilman in Atlanta who voted in support of an ordinance to withhold $73 million from the Atlanta Police Department, and he was attending a ribbon-cutting ceremony in Northeast Atlanta Wednesday 
when at least four kids jumped into his car and took off on it. And even after that, the councilman from Atlanta who wants to be the next mayor of the city is not changing his tune about defunding the police. <laughs> Brave guy there. Okay, I think if, if I saw people steal my Mercedes in broad daylight, I would be all about having more cops try to get them. Speaking of the police, police in Virginia arresting suspects in the shooting this week that left a couple that were both retired military doctors dead. Fairfax, Virginia police arresting Ronnie Keandre Marshall and D'Angelo Strand in the deaths of Colonel Edward McDaniel Jr. and his wife, Brenda McDaniel. Suspects are 20 and 19 years of age. Two distinguished military veterans gunned down in their front yard, according to Fairfax, Virginia Police Chief Kevin Davis. As Davis said, they served our community for many, many years, and they were shot and killed in cold blood in their own front yard. This couple, there in their retirement years, shot dead in Springfield, Virginia, Wednesday morning. Eight felony charges now filed, according to Fairfax's Major Crimes Unit Commander, The suspects each face counts of second-degree murder and two counts of use of a firearm in commission of a felony. And They were arrested after a tip came in Thursday on the whereabouts of a vehicle connected to the case after a local resident called it. That's one thing we always want to remind people. We've got crime stoppers all around the South. It really comes down a lot of times to people doing the right thing and letting police know about suspects. If you know something about a crime... It really should be your duty to call Crime Stoppers or your local law enforcement and and rat them out. Some people might call it uh, snitching. I don't think so. Would you like to have two people running around your town who just killed a distinguished couple, a retired set of military doctors in broad daylight? One of them actually, I think, was still active duty. A colonel in the army. Both were army physicians and killed in their northern Virginia yard. What a what a what a shame here to tell you this. But a good thing that the suspects are now in custody. In northern Virginia, a driver in Tennessee is now accused of speeding through a crowded COVID vaccine site. Virginia Christine Lewis Brown said she drove through to protest the vaccine well that doesn't make a lot of sense and i've seen her mugshot there and she's got a tear coming down her eye well she's in the blunt county tennessee jail which is just southeast of knoxville is where this is located brown driving her suv through a closed course where a tent with at least 15 people were in the foothills mall parking lot Witnesses said Brown was yelling no vaccine as she sped by just missing seven workers there at this vaccine site. The 36-year-old East Tennessean now facing seven counts of felony reckless endangerment. A deputy stopped Brown who said she was driving through to protest the vaccine. The deputy's report stated that Brown drove through the site at high speeds with several witnesses saying they were within inches and feet of the vehicle as it went through this tent where people were getting vaccinated and a lot of people thought that this was going to be a deadly day. They thought that the driver was going to kill them. 
Brown told deputies she was only traveling five miles per hour. I don't know. I don't know. But National Guard and Blunt County Health Department personnel were present at this vaccine site assisting with the organization and distribution effort of the vaccine. Miss Brown booked into the Blunt County, Tennessee jail with a bond of 21000 She's going to be going to her first court appearance on June 7th. Yeah, Virginia Brown, you, you might want to come up with another way to protest the vaccine instead of doing it in your SUV, even at five miles per hour. What a doofus. The Louisiana National Guard resuming an aerial tree drop to fight erosion. And it's a really interesting thing to see there off of the Louisiana coast and in the marshland. The Louisiana National Guard's 1st Battalion, 244th Aviation Regiment, supporting the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service during the annual Christmas tree drop in Bayou Savage National Wildlife Refuge in New Orleans East. And there you can, if you see the photos, they're dropping all of these recycled Christmas trees in the bayous and the marshland of Louisiana. This is the second largest urban wildlife refuge in the country right here outside of New Orleans. And this process of dropping old Christmas trees creates new marsh habitats by building structures that can support native marsh grasses, which then traps and holds sediment, creating more land and stable environments for wildlife. So Christmas trees have a purpose beyond just making you happy at December 25th. The trees will be used to reconnect islands that were torn apart by storm surges. And something tells me, I'll have to ask Craig Faulkner when he's in here, that putting these old trees in the marshes of New Orleans probably will draw a few fish to the area. Perhaps fish will be sneaking up under these trees and people like Craig will be getting that hook out, hoping to get that catfish or whatever's hiding underneath that tree. Yeah, not just presents are underneath the Christmas tree. You stick them out there in the marsh and you'll have a big old catfish coming your way too. That's a look at some of the headlines. We've got more news from across the South that we're going to get to as we go along on this Friday edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Hang on. We've got an update from Hoover, Alabama, plus some college football opening weekend kickoff times announced. All that is up next on the show that is all about y'all. And the Arkansas Razorbacks, go hogs go. Yeah, they are going. They're the number one team in college baseball. And on Thursday night in Hoover, Alabama, the Hogs and Coach Van Horn with a big win in the SEC baseball tournament there, getting a victory over the Vanderbilt Commodores. Five, rather six to four. Six to four. Close game between the number one Hogs and the number three Vandy Boys. As far as other games on Thursday at respective conference baseball tournaments around the Southeast, it was a little bit of an upset. 
as Charlotte fell to the FAU Owls in the CUSA tournament in Ruston. And now UNC Charlotte, ranked number 22 in the land, has been eliminated from that tournament. Also, you had on Thursday a final, a run game. It's a game that ended because the Tennessee Vols whipped up on the Mississippi State Bulldogs 12-2. to The game called in eight innings because of the 10-run rule in Hoover. Texas is ranked number two in the land. On Thursday, they defeated the Oklahoma Sooners 4-1. to Mississippi, in the loser's bracket at the SEC tournament, got the victory over Georgia. Georgia has been eliminated from the SEC tourney. 4-0 Mississippi wins, and they advance. In the COSA tournament, also back in Ruston, it was Old Dominion. They're the number 24 team in the land. They defeated MTSU 10-6. Number 13, Florida, in the winner's bracket at the SEC tournament. They outlasted Alabama 7-2. to Florida ranked number 13 in the country. And that is a look at what happened. Well, one more game I'll pass along. That two more games. Uh, NC State, they were in the ACC tourney in Charlotte. They got past Pitt on Thursday 3-2. And then back in Ruston for the CUS tournament, two teams that ranked in the top 20 played each other. Southern Miss, number 19, the Golden Eagles, with the 4-1 victory over Louisiana Tech there in Ruston in the Conference USA tournament. TCU and Texas Tech were supposed to play. Those are two teams in the top 15 of college baseball. That game from Oklahoma City at the Big 8, Big 12 tournament, it ended up being postponed because of inclement weather likely going to get scheduled for today. As far as what's on college baseball's diamonds and tournaments going on from teams within the top 25 today as i said tcu and texas they're supposed to be suiting up in just minutes as they have an early morning start in oklahoma city to make up that game that was not played on thursday tennessee alabama they've got a early start in hoover today virginia notre dame are in the acc tourney in charlotte and that's going to be a pre-noon game, if you will, from the Knight Stadium in downtown Charlotte. Memphis and East Carolina, they'll be getting together early afternoon in the AAC tournament. That is in Clearwater, Florida, and the Pirates are ranked number 11 in the land. And Go Tigers Go will be looking for the upset in Clearwater here on this Friday. Mississippi and Vanderbilt in a loser's bracket game. The loser goes home and the winner survives, I think, to take on Arkansas on Saturday. That game is a mid-afternoon game from Hoover. Miami, the Hurricanes will be playing the Florida State Seminoles in the ACC tourney. That game in Charlotte is going to be a mid-afternoon game. FSU ranked number 23 in the country. Maryland is ranked number 25 and the Big Ten team will be playing the Indiana Hoosiers this evening. NC State and North Carolina get together at the ACC tourney. The Wolfpack ranked number 16 in the land. That game's set for tonight from the Queen City. Louisiana Tech is number 18 in the land. They're in Ruston at the CUSA tournament. They got the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky in a game this evening. Texas awaits the loser of the TCU-Texas Tech game, and Texas will play the loser of that game this evening in OKC at the Big 12 baseball tournament. And that kind of wraps up the Southern teams in the top 25, what they've got going on here in this tournament time that we've got across the Southeast. College baseball in full swing here with their conference tournaments. And then next week they move on to have the regionals be played across 
college baseball. ESPN is releasing its college football schedule for 2021's first three weeks. Over 100 games will be televised on ESPN. The first three weeks. Is that exciting? And oh yeah, what also is exciting? We think, I think you all would be excited about this. We are now less than 100 days from the start of college football. T-minus 90-something days <laughs> until you got college football, this time without any kind of craziness going on, this time with fans stacking up football stadiums around the southeast, this time with tailgating in full force. Yeah, you are just 90 days, give or take a couple of days there, away from the start of college football in Dixie. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for the players to start showing up here in the summertime at their colleges and working out and practicing and doing seven-on-sevens and all the other fun stuff that makes college football so awesome. And it's coming soon. Now, let me tell you about some of the matchups that ESPN slash ABC will be having. They'll be televising the Georgia-Clemson game from Charlotte. They'll be televising the Alabama-Miami Hurricane game from Atlanta. But they've got a lot of good stuff. There is also what they call zero week. This is where teams play a week before just about everybody else plays. And zero week this year has the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors and the UCLA Bruins playing on Saturday, August 28th. That is exactly three months away from today. You'll have a real college football game played in what's called Zero Week. Now, Week 1 has other teams from across the Southeast suiting up. UCF is going to be hosting Boise State on September 2nd, and that's part of a doubleheader that features the same night North Carolina taking on Virginia Tech, And, oh, yeah, by the way, for all you Big Ten fans out here in the South, Michigan State will be playing the Northwestern Wildcats on September 2nd. I think that's a Thursday night. Also, in the first week of college football, you've got what they call the Montgomery Classic coming from the capital city of Alabama. And at the Montgomery Classic of 2021, the UAB Blazers, who will be opening up a brand-new stadium of their own in downtown Birmingham this year, well, that first week, they're not going to be playing in Beeham. They're going to be playing in Montgomery, home of the Biscuits. They'll be playing there at the Montgomery Classic against the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. How about that? A FBS-FCS matchup on an independent field, a neutral site. And this will be on September 1st. And that's going to be on a Wednesday. A Wednesday game between the Blazers and the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State from Montgomery. Also in Montgomery, you've got what's called the Red Tails Classic. That's going to feature Tuskegee and Fort Valley State from Georgia together on Sunday, September 5th, prime time on ESPNU. Remember, that's the weekend. There will be no NFL football games Labor Day weekend because they will have already wrapped up the preseason. So you're going to have college football taking over that Sunday of Labor Day weekend and then you got college football games on the Monday night. And I'll tell you who that is in just a second. Now, as we work our way through that first weekend, Florida State and Notre Dame will be featured playing on, I think, Sunday, September 5th. 
And then on Monday, Memorial Day, uh, Memorial Day, on Labor Day night, September 6th, you got the Louisville Cardinals and the Mississippi Land Sharks playing each other in Atlanta as part of the Chick-fil-A kickoff. And that will be televised on ESPN. So, college football, we are getting oh so close, and it's going to be oh so fun. Now, let me tell you specifically about SEC teams in those first couple of weeks of college football as there's going to be lots and lots of college football teams from the SEC playing on TV, of course, in those initial few days of SEC's start to 2021. It all starts on that Thursday, September 2nd. Bowling Green will be in Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Vols. That's going to be a Thursday night kickoff on the SEC Network. Bowling Green and the Vols. Then you move on to that first Saturday, that first Saturday, you can see lots of games on TV and or on ESPN+. Plus. Weekend number one of SEC football, the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe will be taking on the Big Blue Kentucky Wildcats. That's an SEC network game. ESPN+, Plus will have the Rice Owls at Arkansas, an old Southwest Conference battle. That's going to be taking place that first weekend. Alabama and Miami at Atlanta, as I said, that's on ABC on September 4th. Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs, will be taking on the Bulldogs of Mississippi State on ESPNU on that first college football Saturday. Central Michigan will be taking on the Missouri Tigers on the SEC Network on September 4th. You have Eastern Illinois, Tony Romo U, the Panthers, will be taking on the Carolina, not Panthers, the Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> That'll be an ESPN Plus game from Williams-Brice Stadium and Shane Beamer's debut as Carolina's football coach. Akron will be at Auburn on that first college football Saturday. Georgia Clemson on ABC on that Saturday night. FAU and the Florida Gators on the SEC Network on that first Saturday night. ESPNU is going to have Kent State and Texas A&M. ESPN Plus will have the Bucks of East Tennessee State. ETSU, they come into Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. And then the nightcap on that first college football Saturday, LSU will be taking on UCLA on Fox. Then there will be no SEC teams in action on the Labor Day Sunday, but Labor Day Monday, Mississippi and Louisville on ESPN on that first weekend of college football. And then it just keeps on getting better and better as you go forward. Lots of games. As I said, you've got plenty to choose from when college football gets going around the 1st of September and every game you'll be able to watch somehow, some way, whether it's on ABC, ESPN, Fox, or even ESPN+. Plus. Congratulations to the Texas Longhorns women's tennis team. They are your Division I women's tennis national champions. Kylie Collins and Lulu Sons doubles win got them going, and they are your 2021 women's tennis champions, the Texas Longhorns. Also, more tennis fun. How about Division Three national champion Emory, the Eagles from Atlanta? They have won the Division Three NCAA national championship for men and women. Yeah, the Eagles out of Atlanta are your national champions with big wins. The women got a 5-0 win over Wesleyan University for the program's eighth national title, their first since 2016. And then the Emory Eagles winning its program's sixth national championship. They got a victory over Case Western Reserve, which is, I think, in Ohio. 
and they have won two national championships this week in tennis, college tennis at the Division three level. Pretty amazing for a college to do that in both men and women's sports. And then lastly here, this is college football-related somewhat, but it's just media-related, frankly. If you listen to this show and you're happening to listen to a station that covers Fox Sports Radio, and that's on this station perhaps you're listening to, or you just are a Fox Sports Radio junkie, today, this Friday, was the last day of OutKick the Coverage. Clay Travis is announcing that he and Buck Sexton are teaming up to take over the time slot for Rush Limbaugh. Premier Networks is now going to syndicate the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, and that will air 12 to 3 Eastern starting June 21st. So no more Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. A lot of people love to tune in and hear this Nashville-based show, and then they hear yours truly with the Y'all Show. A pretty good combination, don't you think? And now he's gone. He's out of Fox Sports Radio. Now, he just signed a amazing hundreds of millions dollar deal with Fox. I don't understand how this is all. Clay's a smart guy. He's a Vanderbilt Law alum. Good good for him. But uh, no more outkick the coverage on radio, at least, on Fox Sports as he's moving on to do this show. And something tells me it's not going to be all that much sports on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, but... We wish him well. Congratulations. He's uh, the rich keep getting richer, and that's what's happening to him. Hey, Fox Sports Radio, if you're listening, yours truly, John Rawl, would love to get that time slot on Outkick the Coverage, what they had, because we're outkicking the coverage with our coverage of the South each and every day. Oh, yeah, we are. When we come back, we're going to outkick this commercial break with more great Southern conversation. We're going to have our ICYMI, in case y'all missed it. We'll talk barbecue grills with Matt Hermans. We'll rewind back to Tuesday when Matt was on. All that is headed your way on y'all. We're back on Y'all Talk with an accent on everything Southern. I'm John Rawl. Good to have you back here on this Friday edition. Here on Fridays, we like to take just a minute to pat ourselves on the back because we have, first of all, incredible listeners, and we thank you for that. But we also have incredible guests that come on this show and incredible people that participate on the Y'all Show. And one of those incredible folks is our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. And he comes on our Tuesday Y'all Show with his forecast of all things grilling. And since it is a unofficial start to grilling season with the arrival of Memorial Day weekend, we want to play a portion of our Tuesday interview with our barbecue barrister as he walks through some of the great deals going on right now. Check out your local place if you want to make sure the deal is in effect where you live. But he... He relays some of the good information and some of the good deals that you can have to save money if you're in need of a new grill for for the backyard. So let's go back to Tuesday. We encourage you to go to our podcast option, Stitcher. You can find the Yell Show on Stitcher. 
Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, and at y'all.com. Go back and hear the entire interview we had Tuesday with y'all with, with Matt Hermans. But right now is a portion of our barbecue barrister giving us the lowdown on grills and finding deals on this Memorial Day weekend. You can get up there with a, particularly a stainless steel um, gas grill. I mean, they get $7,500 is expensive, but um, you, you can certainly get up there and even go past that if you really want to. There, uh, There's some Cadillacs out there. <laughs> What's the most expensive grill? Well, that's one of them. It, and it's, it's hard to say like the most expensive brand. Um, I don't want to. So the reason you get up into that expensive range is you start adding, it starts to be a custom job. So you start having it um, installed. Like we talked about before, you start having a top of the line grill installed in an outdoor kitchen. Then you start adding, um, you can add pots and, and gas burners to the side of it. You can add multiple levels. You can add, um, all kinds of different things. That's what really gets it up there. There's several brands that are premium, but really when you start tacking on the the um, the amount of money you're going to spend is when you start customizing it to add it into an outdoor kitchen. You start adding different elements to it, and you can do that with several different brands. But that's that's how you get up there into the uh, you know high four digit range. All right. Well, thank you for that. I had no idea that a grill could cost more than a car. Absolutely. All right. And uh, sometimes sometimes a lot more useful, depending on what kind of car. <laughs> All right. Just a quick look over at BBQGuys.com, which they don't sponsor this show in this segment, but they ought to. They got gas grills, pellet grills, Kamado grills, charcoal grills, and barbecue smokers, amongst all kinds of other options. Check it out. It's, it's sort of like Matt Herman's porn, if you will. <laughs> That's the theme for today. I'm feeling risque, John. Yeah. Risque. I mean, look, I don't think too many people get divorces over grills. Uh, maybe girls, but not grills. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, check that out, barbecueguys.com. Let's move over to another place that I know you just love, and they've got up to 25% off of grills and grilling accessories going on this week, Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Yeah, Bed, Bath, and Beyond is one of, is one of these places that has all the um, – gadgets right the gadgets that you would and that's what i think of when i think of bed bath and beyond you you see stuff on tv and you see advertisements for things and you think man that, that's kind of cool or I, I wonder if that would be worth ordering well bed bath and beyond probably has that that gadget um so um well, give me an idea people, what you're talking about when you say gadget give me an example yeah so when you so all the all the things you see on tv um all the the, the advertised products you know i used to be a um which is tough to um, tough to confess, but I used to watch infomercials just for entertainment purposes. And uh, <laughs> so a lot of the things you see, I never actually ordered anything, but yeah, uh, sure. I I, uh, I always find them entertaining. Um, but anyway, the point is, if you see something on TV from an infomercial or a little commercial that's that's looks cool and great, and it says, "Oh, you can only get it on TV. You got to order it right now." Well. Bed Bath & Beyond probably has those products. They pretty much, that's that's one of the things they do. They all the little, um, the new uh, scene on TV type stuff. So any grilling gadget that you see, and there's a lot of them, you can probably find that at Bed Bath & Beyond. You can, you can actually look at it and uh, instead of ordering it over the phone. So um, that's pretty cool. All right. One more retailer, national retailer, that looks like has some kind of special going on this week for Memorial Day in terms of grilling. Home Depot out of Atlanta. 
up to 40% off grills with free delivery on grills $399 and up. That's a deal. Three, and, and people might be surprised, but you, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a grill that's not $399 and up. Uh, so that's probably um, most of their selection, to be honest with you. Uh, that's that's just um, that's the nature of the market now. You can find a you can find a grill. You can find a charcoal grill, for instance, that's uh, cheaper than that. And you can find a, you know, a lower end type of gas grill um, for less than that. But most everything at this point is is going to be over three ninety nine for anything decent. So that's that's most of their inventory. So it's a heck of a deal. You're going to have a you're going to have a pretty decent selection at most Home Depots as well. You're going to have um, upper range grills. You can spend you know up to a couple thousand dollars on a grill at Home Depot if you want, or you can uh, go down to three ninety nine. But uh, you're going to have a decent selection, and uh, that free delivery is 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 kind of a bigger deal than you think, particularly assembly. That's something to keep an eye on. A lot of times you'll buy a grill, and they'll say, "All right, that sounds great. Let me load you up," and then it's a big box. <laughs> you gotta you gotta bust out the drill. Uh, so, uh, that's another thing to keep in mind. Free assembly and free delivery. It's a big deal. And you're a guy who's made a lot of these grills in your past. Any big tip that you can provide for those who are getting that delivery of a grill, but it comes in a big box. Well, I would say, you know, get your time machine, go back and get somebody to assemble it. Oh, really? uh, You, you encourage that. If you can't do that, if you don't have a, a DeLorean lying around, then I would say, you know, follow the directions. There's, uh, you know, nothing worse than getting everything put together and you've got a bolt that's supposed to hold the uh, the grill, the grates in place, and that's not there. And then you have to take the grill box off and do all this. I've done all this. I've been there. Um, <laughs> and so I've made these mistakes. So follow those instructions. Don't over tighten anything um, because you can occasionally you can bend some of these. It's very easy, especially with a power drill, to to kind of bend or crease or dent some of the uh, the elements of your your gas grill and it's just and that, that's matt Herman's on the y'all show a rewind back to our tuesday conversation with him we have a southern accent coming up next from kobe bennett southern accent here's a southern sports update from y'all.com i'm kobe bennett Minor League Baseball is back on the mound again, generating some much-needed revenue for small-town America. There's been an influx of change since the last time players met in 2019 before the pandemic, as there are now fewer teams and leagues. The Major League intends on using this year's minors as a testing ground for new rules that could improve the pace of the games or reduce injury. Some of the leagues that are no more include Texas West, Florida State League, and International League. There's also been some rebranding, such as the Mobile Bay Bears moving to Madison, Alabama and becoming the Rocket City Trash Pandas, referencing the city's history with the space race and the ongoing experiences with adventurous raccoons. Thankfully, these changes will be quite minor as the heart of the league will stay the same. Family fun, fair prices, and silly giveaways. Sports headlines and more at y'all.com. All right, that's good stuff to know, courtesy of our Southern Accent Report from Kobe Bennett. Well, that will wrap up this first hour of y'all. We have a lot more coming your way in hours two and hours three. Stay tuned. We'll have our fishing forecast in hour two. Also, we'll have the Statler Brothers more than a name on a wall, a touching song about the Vietnam Memorial in Washington, D.C. That is coming up as we get our second hour going after this. Y'all talk with a Southern accent.
It's the Y'all Show. Hour 2 is up and going. And get your party ready for Memorial Day weekend. It's Talk with a Southern Accent. She couldn't keep from crying When she told me goodbye But I knew, Lord, it was breaking her heart That she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me So I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming the back and laughing out loud Where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang Just don't care if they're dancing over here Or fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd It'll dawn on me tomorrow Wherever I wake up I'll look back and try to recall Just where the heck's my truck So take my keys and lock them up tight And let the good times flow And I worry about tomorrow when it comes to light The night's still young And I'm on the road tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming them back And laughing out loud Where the smoke's so thick When blues can't hang around with the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here I'm fighting over there, I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd We are getting ready for a big weekend A weekend that is actually a solemn weekend When you sit down and think about it And I'll tell you about that in just a second but we also want y'all to have fun this Memorial Day weekend, and this song here hopefully is getting you in that mood. Sing along, if you will. Running back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around. With a jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here. Are fighting over there, I'm making the rounds, looking for a party crowd. Oh, hit the pool, get them shades on this weekend. The summer is here, you can feel it. You've been trapped for over a year. It is time to let it go. And David Lee Murphy in that song is a good way to let it all out. I think I'm just going to call it a day right now. Yes. This is y'all. I'm John Rawl. Welcome back in to talk with a Southern accent. We encourage you to have a good time every day, but also especially on a holiday weekend like we've got right this very weekend. Our number, if you want to connect to us here, if you're a veteran of our great country, if you are a member of a family, a gold star family, you've lost a loved one, thank you for your sacrifice, for your your great hero there that you were a part of, your family member for that sacrifice. And, of course, we've lost 
lots of heroes throughout our country's history. I'm going to tell you about that in just a second here. But you can get in touch with us here, y'all, anytime, 803-816-1170. It is Memorial Day weekend, 2021, and we're going to take a, a few moments here to talk about the real meaning of this weekend. This is the weekend set aside to honor the nation's war dead. We have lost in the history of the United States military from the year 1775, the first year of hostilities against Great Britain and the American Revolution, until today. And these numbers aren't completely accurate, but they're give or take a few hundred off maybe. We have lost 1.3 million Americans in our conflicts of this country, stretching from the American Revolution to the raid on Yemen is one of the most recent crises of our country. We have been fighting in Afghanistan, in Iraq. We've had conflict against ISIS in Syria. And we have, as a country, through both combat deaths and those killed while in service to their country in wartime, over 1.3 million Americans who've died. The amount of deaths... In each of our conflicts, we, as far as combat deaths, those killed in combat, and World War II, we have lost in that conflict, 291,000 died as a result of battle wounds in World War II. Civil War, it was 214,000. World War I, 53,000, and it goes down from there. Now, if you factor in disease and other things that happen, other casualties and more, World War II is, I think it's around 400,000. The Civil War for both the Confederate and the Union forces combined is more like 600,000. But still, hundreds of thousands of Americans have died in combat at each of these wars, and all together, over 1.3 million Americans dying in service to the country throughout this country's nearly 250-year history. One of those conflicts was the Vietnam War. In the Vietnam War of the 1960s into the 1970s, altogether, that war cost Americans a lot of lives. 58,209 is the total count of deaths in that war. We lost Roughly 47,000 great Americans in combat and war injuries, and another 11,000 were killed or died while serving the country. So a total of over 58,000 Americans losing their life in the Vietnam War and hundreds of thousands of casualties and more. A, a very, very bad deal for about 20 years. If you go back to 1955 when we first were helping the French in Indochina and their conflict with the uprising from the north, stretching to 1975 when our Americans got out of there and Vietnam fell, South Vietnam fell to North Vietnam. The Vietnam War affected our country. It still affects our country. And we got a lot of people here in the South who fought in that war. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all those who didn't make it back home from the Vietnam War and all of our wars, frankly. But today on the Y'all Show, as we have Memorial Day weekend, we have only a handful of World War II veterans left. 
We are having very few left from the Korean War. We still have a fair amount of Vietnam veterans, thankfully, who are with us. They might be your fathers. You might be a Vietnam veteran. You might have a grandfather who was a Vietnam veteran. Now is the time to thank them. If you've never thanked them, thank them this Memorial Day weekend. And thank them for their buddies, the ones who lost their lives, whose names are up on the wall in Washington, D.C. In 1982, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial was dedicated in Washington, D.C. as it honors service members and armed forces who fought in the Vietnam War. It is a two-acre site made of black granite. It's a wall with the engraved names of these 58,000 brave Americans who died as a result of their service in Vietnam and in Southeast Asia during the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. And there's also the statue of the three soldiers at the Vietnam Women's Memorial. There's the Vietnam Women's Memorial and the three soldier statue there right outside of the the National Mall in Washington, D.C., northeast of the Lincoln Memorial. The Vietnam Veterans Memorial is maintained by the National Park Service. Around 3 million people visit it each year. It was ranked in 2007. 10th on the list of America's favorite architecture. It's a touching place. If you've not been there, go by there. If you're like me, I've gone and tried to find it. It's actually a little bit hard to find. It's tucked away. And I think I've only seen it from a distance. I have not sadly taken the time to go up there and touch it. It's, It's been the subject of a lot of movies and music videos and just incredible how that thing came to be. It is made up of two 246-foot, 9-inch long black granite walls polished to a high finish, and there you have etched the names of the servicemen being honored in 140 panels of horizontal rows with regular typeface and spacing. A lot of careful consideration went into this thing the stone, by the way, came from India. 58,000 names on the Vietnam Memorial, Washington, D.C., and that statue of the three soldiers, which was done by Frederick Hart, unveiled in 1984. Then you also have the Women's Memorial there at the Vietnam Veterans, the, the War Memorial there in Washington, D.C., and a lot of people go there, a lot of Buddies, war buddies go there and leave notes. You'll see purple hearts left there. And it is one of our true touching things that we have as a country, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, Washington, D.C. That memorial ended up being the subject of a 1989 song by the Statler Brothers. This is a song that came out and it became a hit. A song written by one of the members of the Statler Brothers, Jimmy Fortune, written by Fortune and John Rommel. And they recorded this, released it in April 1989 from their Greatest Hits compilation album, and it became a top ten song for the Statler Brothers. And it's about a mother visiting the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C., the wall, if you will. And she went there to see her son's name carved on that black granite. And here this Memorial Day weekend... We want to take a minute to play this song from this great Virginia-based 
Statler brothers who had so many hits in their career. Flowers on the Wall would arguably be their top song they ever recorded, which was a crossover hit from the foursome, if you will, Don Reed, Harold Reed, Phil, Lou, who died before Jimmy Fortune came aboard as one of the group's members. The Statler brothers retired in 2002, but they started out back in the 1950s performing throughout Virginia, and then they went on to be backup singers for Johnny Cash, and then had, again, Flowers on the Wall and so many of the other big songs of the 60s and 70s that people throughout music, not just country music, got to know them for songs like Bed of Roses. They had their own show on the Nashville Network back in the 1990s and were just a a great group. They had other songs like Do You Know You Are My Sunshine, Elizabeth, and My Only Love. They released over 40 albums in their career and just a a fantastic group. Harold Reed, who was kind of the comedian of the Stout Brothers, we lost him in April of 2020 after a long battle with kidney failure. He was 80 years old. His brother Don is still in Virginia, and we're trying to get Don Reed on the y'all show. He actually has a book that he's just written, and so we hope to have him on real soon. But a great group, the Statler Brothers. Today I'm not going to talk about them as much as I'm going to talk about the Vietnam veterans and this memorial in Washington, D.C., and this amazing song that the Statler Brothers put out in 1989. And it sums up, in my opinion, what Memorial Day is all about. And there's other songs that I want to signal here on today's Y'all Show of what we could have played to honor our veterans. People like Billy Ray Cyrus had a wonderful song called Some Gave All that came out in 1993. Good song. There's other great songs. Some more patriotic than specifically to those who have been killed in war for this country. But today this is about people who've died and this song is unique in the fact that it connects the death of an American soldier to the grieving mother. And Jimmy Fortune and John Rommel did a wonderful job pinning this song, and it's our privilege to hear on the Y'all Show as Memorial Day is upon us to play more than a name on a wall and to honor the 58,000 Americans who did not come home from that conflict in Southeast Asia. Saw her from a distance As she walked up to the wall In her hand she held some flowers As her tears began to fall And she took out pen and paper As to trace her memories She looked up to heaven the words she said were these She said, Lord, my boy was special And he meant so much to me And though I'd love to see him Just one more time to see All I have are the memories And the moments to recall
being home on Christmas Day. And he died for God's country in a place so far away. I remember just a little boy playing war since he was three. Lord, this time I know he's not coming home. She said, Lord, my boy was special, and he meant so much to me. And though I'd love to see him, but I know it just can't be. So I thank you for my memories and the moments to recall. The Statler Brothers and more than a name on a wall from 1989 as we remember our American service members who did not make it back home from places like Vietnam here on this Memorial Day weekend, 2021. 58,000 Americans dying in the Vietnam War. Over 1.3 Americans losing their life in service to our country throughout this nation's history, stretching all the way back to 1775. Hmm. This is the Y'all Show. We'll be right back. We're going to go to Craig Faulkner after this. It's our fishing forecast for Memorial Day weekend. All oh, this fellow's got a lot of good stuff to tell you about, some good tips and more about the outdoors. That's coming up next on Talk with a Southern Accent. Faulkner's fishing forecast. He's ready to file the Memorial Day weekend forecast here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with John Rawl. And he's also here. He's been holding back. He he really doesn't want to do this. But he's going to tell us about his newly discovered honey hole. I can tell you all about it, but I can't tell you where it is. Oh, we got to know where it is. 
It's in this county. Put it that way. Uh, okay. In, in, in his imaginative county. Uh, we are talking fishing, hunting, and more with Craig Faulkner as we get you ready for the big holiday weekend. Hope your past weekend was good and you got a whole weekend full of fishing and hunting, Craig. That's exactly Playing. right. Uh, we did a little precursor last week about Memorial Day coming up. And uh, I did actually go to the river last Friday, took off work. And then Saturday's when I actually had to Does the boss day. know you took off work? boss knows I took off work. Okay. He sure does. All right, don't don't want to get you in trouble here. On the Y'all Show, you got to confess, and he's going to tell us where that honey hole is before this interview is over, or we will have failed you as a listening audience. So you went and did a little fishing last week? Went and did a little fishing on the uh, Tennessee River, as a matter of fact, uh, last Friday. Uh, didn't have that much luck. I think we came home with seven or eight crappie. There was uh, no water generation, and that's one of the things I was going to talk water about. Water generation? Yeah, from the dam. We, we, you and I ah. had a discussion once before about tail races below dams. Yeah. Uh, the particular dam we were below was, and we're quite a ways below it, but uh, Pickwick Dam, and they generate electricity at Pickwick by turning of turbines. Mm-hmm. And depending on how much generation is going on is how much water they're releasing. Uh, the fish are more active when they're releasing water than when they're not. Sometimes the turbines are very slow to almost no generation. And that being the case, it really slows down fishing. Uh, I wish I could give you all the answers of why it slows it down, but I just know that it does, and it slows it down for everybody. Uh, People uh, fishing directly below the dam, uh, from the banks even, uh, it cuts on and off just with generation. So... If you're going fishing below a dam, you can uh, look up generation schedules, and it'll tell you, uh, you know, pretty accurate within which hours of the day and how much generation will be going on. And through a little research and study, you can figure out over uh, over time when the conditions are optimum for you to be on the water so you can kind of plan your trips around those times. Does that only affect fishing, or does boating get affected by this schedule? Well, only if you're directly below the dam. Okay. You know, uh, on downstream, uh, I, don't, I don't know how many hundreds of miles it is to the next dam. I guess the next one uh, downstream would be Kentucky Dam, which makes Kentucky Lake on further to the north. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, most river systems are set up either with a, a generation schedule or if it's a, uh, a lake like a uh, Sardis, which is a watershed-type lake, they have a water release below their dam also. Even though they're not generating electricity, they're still releasing water. And uh, fishing below that dam, uh, which actually turns into the Tallahatchie River, uh, all the fishing is affected by how much water is coming through the dam. But uh, something to be aware of when you're getting on the and water. And how does one find these tables or charts or whatever you call them? Uh, it's called Google. Google it up. I mean, is it put out by, like, the Corps of Engineers? Yeah, the Corps of Engineers and, uh, okay. and whatever uh, uh, company may be generating power or whatever put these schedules out. And, uh, and they also forecast them days in advance. Uh, sometimes you get too far ahead, they're not that accurate because it, a lot of it depends on rainfall and uh flow from other dams but uh the majority of the rivers in the united states and and lakes are made like that Mm -hmm. and uh so it's something uh vital to the fishermen to know when generation is going on when water release is going on 
to plan your trip. I never thought about that. I didn't realize it was that scientific as far as when to go out there and pre-plan. I guess you yeah. might even have apps on phones that will tell you this kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. And we we talked also leading into Memorial Day about the boating and uh, having all all your uh, appropriate license and all your equipment in the boat. I I was on a program earlier this week with a uh, communications director for the uh, TWRA here in uh, Tennessee, and we were talking about some of the same things. And one thing I learned from her, and I'm sure it's different from state to state, uh, depending on date of birth, uh, a lot of states have uh, enacted that you have to become certified in order to run a boat. Mm -hmm. Now, me, I fall in under the grandfather clause because I've been— Because you're a grandfather? Because I'm a grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing you need to check with uh, in your state. And one thing I did learn from her that in Tennessee, uh, someone that doesn't have the certificate yet can still run a boat as long as someone that does have it or falls under the grandfather clause is back there with them running the boat. So they can still learn and practice, but they can't be out in a boat by themselves running a boat without the uh, certification. Hmm. And that's something you can do this time of year, uh, no matter what state you're in. Uh, because wildlife and hunting is it's kind of a slow time for it, it's a good time of the year to get your kids out and get a hunter safety course in or go get the boating certificate. And both of those are good for the entire life didn't know that now one thing i've heard you talk about before off the air when you discuss boating and memorial day weekend when a lot of your different state wildlife agencies and more will be out on the water game wardens will be on patrol your local sheriff's deputies and stuff on the water of the south here this big weekend where people will be definitely all over lakes and streams of the southland you got busted one time for not having something in your boat and it was one of the things that you might have least expected to be getting in trouble for. I'm trying to remember which <laughs> noisemaker. You did not have a noisemaker. I did not have a noisemaker. You're exactly right. I was not whistling at you right. because of your looks now, here. I, I didn't get a ticket, but I got a warning. And uh, you've got to have either like a foghorn, a whistle. you you got to have something that makes a noise. Uh, I carry a whistle in my boat. Now, I'll stay on a bigger boat, uh, probably have a foghorn on it if there's a big cruiser-type type boat. And the boating certification, great. You got a whistle or a foghorn or something that makes a lot of noise. Is there a certain pattern you're supposed to do if you're in distress, uh, like an SOS? You know, I'm not sure, uh, but I've been hung up in a boat before, and I've waved both my arms. <laughs> did it work? It did. I got, I got towed back to... Uh, to the marina, and we were way down river too, and there wasn't a lot of people out. And I had my kids with me. Huh. It could have been bad. I wonder if there's not a, a more scientific signal I'm, I'm, you can I'm use sure for SOS is. for boating. Wave your arms and holler and hope. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes it's hard to hear, especially if somebody's going down the waterway with their motor running high. They, That's true. That's true. They're not going to hear you, and they might be able to see you, but they might think, "Oh, that guy over there, that Craig guy, he's drunk." <laughs> He's wetting his whistle in a different way. I, I, I've been helped more than once. Uh, I, I'll never forget this. Uh, I was actually deer hunting on a uh, 
called the Hatchie River. Mm-hmm. And it's a, uh, it's Which a means wild. river. Did you know that? It means river. And it's not only a and river. Chickasaw. It's, it's, it's a wild river. Uh, no channelization. It's only uh, one of the few Class A rivers in the south that has had no channelization, no damming. It's a natural uh, bottom flooded river. Anyway, this one Sunday afternoon, I'm deer hunting down in the bottoms, and nobody's at the boat launch but me. And the bottoms are flooded. I ended up shooting a deer and uh, getting back to the boat. It turned into a good afternoon. About that time, it started raining. And I went back there to uh, start my boat, and the pull cord came all the way out when I pulled Mm -hmm. it. There was no way to start the boat. uh, it had a head on it and a cover where you couldn't wrap it around. So I take off floating down the middle of the Hatchie River, and it's getting dark and it's starting to rain. And uh, here comes a boat way down the river. I can barely hear it. And, uh, boy, that guy saved the day for me because uh, I was looking at about a three- or four-mile float down the river to the next ramp where nobody was going to be there, and then about a 10-mile walk back to my truck. And uh, anyway... Long story short, guy saved the day. Ah. Hey, we've got Memorial Day weekend, and if you're not hunting and fishing, there's a darn good chance you might be grilling this weekend. So everybody get ready for a big grilling weekend, and also to remember the reason for Memorial Day weekend. Can you grill on a boat? You can. You can. And what do you have to be careful for? Uh burning the carpet i guess well i just i figured as strict as some of these wildlife people are and well law the, enforcement is with their boats that they would i wouldn't surprise me if you had told me you couldn't grill well, on a boat. no now they're grills uh, uh made on pontoon boats and uh you know i can't say as i've ever grilled on a boat i whenever i've been out we always brought a grill and went to the bank and mm-hmm. grilled on the bank but I, I've seen grills in boats before, certainly have, and, and they are uh, permanent grills in there. But, uh, you know, me, myself, uh, I tend to, like I say, I, if I'm going to have a fire, I'm going to be on the bank. Well, but, it can be very dangerous whether you're on a boat or not, but I just it would not have surprised me if you'd have told me, are you kidding me? There's no way they'd allow something like that to be in uh, on a boat or in a boat in today's world. What about the refrigeration of your food? What are your recommendations on that? Lots of ice. Lots of ice. Does it matter your cooler cooler choice? Uh, depending on how long you're going to be out on the water, I don't think it would. I mean, if you're only going to be out there a few hours, which in most cases would be, uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of any certain name brand coolers. I know there's some coolers out there that uh, people like to advertise for. And those are some of those are extremely heavy, which is another thing yeah. I was going to talk to you. Does it really make that big of a difference? And then for you, Mr. Outdoorsman, do you take coolers just for the preservation of your catch? When it gets real hot, I do. Uh, uh, use a live well normally, but when it really gets hot outside, I put my fish straight on the ice uh, as soon as I unhook them. I don't even put them in a the live well. I, and I say really hot, I mean uh, mid-80s on up. And uh, generally, that's about the time I'm coming off the water anyway. Now, let me ask a dumb question. You're talking about putting them straight on ice. These fish are alive, right, when you put them on ice? Right. They just sit there and flop around on the cold ice? I put them to sleep. (laughs) The fish assassin. But but also— Faulkner here on the Y'all Show. One thing about taking care of your fish, uh, it's it's a must to keep them cool, if not cold. 
because once a fish dies, I mean, the second it dies, its flesh starts deteriorating. And what will happen is the firmness will be, you'll lose the firmness of the flesh and it'll be kind of a mushy. It's, it's, it's not, not good, not good, not good. You've uh, got to keep them cold, got to keep them cold. PETA, hope you're not listening. Craig Faulkner is who's talking there, not me. He's killed fish before. He has killed a, a pretty little innocent fish you've put to sleep permanently. All right, it is Memorial Day. Anything else we need to make sure we do different or know about here on this big holiday weekend? I think a point you brought up earlier is remember what the holiday's all about. I think that's uh, something that probably slips by a lot of people. They're, they're looking forward to the day off and what they're planning to do and just setting up. But, uh, yeah, keep that in mind what this holiday was uh where it came from that's right did you have any family members die in war uh none that i know of okay i had a great uncle who died in world war ii and i named my son after him so thank you staff sergeant knowlton sharp of the 17th airborne division who was killed in the battle of the bulge in 1945 and my son carries his name on today and so we appreciate all of our brave heroes who have died in the line of duty in the many wars this country has fought, and that is the reason why we have Memorial Day 2021. Any other things we need to know about, Craig? Uh, be safe, enjoy yourself, and uh, take a kid fishing. Sounds like that's something you might be doing this weekend? Possibly so. All right. He's got old Knox, right? That's, that's right. That's your grandson. And he's got other grandkids, too. He better be spreading the wealth amongst the Faulkner grandkids and not getting... All of them mad at Grandpappy for not taking them out on the water or out in a deer stand or whatever people do these days. We're about to turn the calendar over to June, and we'll be on with him next week to talk about summertime hunting and fishing. Craig Faulkner, everybody. Thank you, sir. Have a good Memorial Day. We'll be back with more of the show all about the South. Stay where you are. Leanne Rhymes, Pearl, Mississippi native. This is y'all show hour two Friday. John Rawl guiding you along here. Got another hour of talk about the South before we say goodbye to this week and get into Memorial Day weekend. Let's catch you up real quick on some news and notes across the Southland on this Friday. Authorities in Key West, Florida have released information on a deadly boat overturning off the Key West coast, according to the Coast Guard. Two dead, ten missing. The rescue efforts bringing eight people into the Coast Guard vessels there. Just taking a stab here, this appears to be perhaps a boat of 
escapees from the island of Cuba. Cuba is only 90 miles, give or take, away from Key West, Florida. Recently, a boat was brought into the Coast Guard's domain of repatriated Cubans aid aboard that vessel when it was intercepted Thursday. But now, according to the Coast Guard, two people have died in an overturned boat. Ten missing eight. So what is that? Eight, 20 people in one boat? More on that story to come. A two-year-old, or, or rather two dogs, are now alleged to have killed and did kill a young child in Johnston County in North Carolina. Ten-month-old girl died after two Rottweilers attacked her while her father briefly stepped away from her presence and the baby Malia Scott Winberry dying in Johnston County, North Carolina. The father actually is a law enforcement officer and his the, the child's mother was an EMS worker and EMS arrived on the scene, tried to revive the 10-month-old child, unfortunately, the child was not able to be revived and died as a result of these two Rottweilers attacking her. Some people in the neighborhood said that the dogs normally got along fine with this young child, but here is a case of a child being killed by two dogs and succumbed to the injuries. Malia Scott Winberry dying this week in North Carolina. If you're going to be flying, it's Memorial Day weekend. You better be careful if you're going to be going to an airport According to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on TV the day he was on Good Morning America, he warned about long lines at airports. He said people are going to see these long lines because they're going to be a lot of people traveling. Patience is required. He also said you got to wear a mask. In fact, according to the, Fed, the, the feds like Mayorkas, you're going to have to wear a mask in airports at least and, and on airplanes all the way through September. Be ready for that. Marjorie Green was back in North Georgia. Thursday was her birthday. Thursday, she had a birthday party. And in Dalton, Georgia, at the convention center, she brought on one of her congressional buddies to North Georgia. She brought on Pensacola, Florida, and the panhandle of Florida's own Matt Gates, the embattled Matt Gates, the embattled Marjorie Green together for a birthday party. And there, she had people sing to her, happy birthday. And then she started talking for about an hour about all the run-ins she'd had in Congress and her political enemies. And then she asked a question out to the audience, Marjorie Green saying, I have a very important question. We've got to clear something up. Who won the presidential race on November 3rd in Georgia? And the crowd fired back Donald J. Trump as opposed to Joe Biden. Okay. So that from North Georgia. I guess the representatives from Congress have a few days off and they can go back to their respective states. Although Matt Gates ain't in he's he's in Georgia and not back in Florida. He needs to get across that line. Sneak across the Chattahoochee. Get back to the panhandle. I don't know if they would be celebrating Matt Gates' birthday with some of the stories that have come out about him in the last few weeks. 
a Atlanta philanthropist, A.D. Carell, who at one time was the head of Georgia Pacific. He has died at 80. He is credited with saving Emory Hospital in Atlanta, a big fundraiser, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, saying Pete Carell's impact on our state will be felt for generations to come. He was one of the most visionary and influential philanthropists in Atlanta. A native of Brunswick, Georgia, on the coast there, he came to Atlanta. Again, was the head of Georgia Pacific for a long time before that company sold out for billions, I think. A.D. Pete Carell, dying at age 80 in Atlanta. In Virginia, police have arrested a set of suspects that they think killed the couple that we reported on earlier this week, the couple of military army, specifically army practitioners, as Edward McDaniel Jr. and his wife, Brendan McDaniel, shot dead outside their home in Springfield, Virginia on Wednesday. And now suspects, including 19-year-old D'Angelo Strand in custody in Fairfax County, Virginia, both McDaniels were Army physicians, and Edward was an active-duty colonel in the United States Army, shot down in broad daylight in their home in northern Virginia, and now suspects in custody in this developing story from the Commonwealth. Miranda Lambert, some news from this country music starlet. She has opened Casa Rosa. She did that on Tuesday, the two-time Grammy winner, becomes the first female country music singer to open a bar of her own On Nashville's strip of bars on Lower Broadway, Lambert said, This place is special to me, and I'm happy to be representing the ladies here in Music City. And it looked like a good star-studded time when she opened this up this week as she had a little karaoke night on opening night Tuesday. And she says, Now it's time for y'all to come down to Broadway for some tacos, tequila, and a good time. And she was there with her hubby, who also appears in her Brand new music video called Settling Down. And Miranda Lambert, way to go. East Texas girl, doing well in Music City and having a good time at Casa Rosa. Casa Rosa Nashville. They're on Twitter at Casa Rosa Nash. And that is a Tex-Mex bar and restaurant open as of this week. And Casa Rosa Nashville, their Twitter account is only following one account. I bet I know who it is. Yeah. They're following Miranda Lambert, the boss. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? All right. A malfunction of a lock kept deputies out of a jail in North Carolina. This happened at Burke County. The sheriff there, Steve Wisenant, said jail staff noticed a smell of smoke inside the building on Wednesday afternoon, and doors started to fail in nine pods at the Burke County, North Carolina jail after they noticed that smell and the Manual override keys would not open the lock leading into one of the seven cell blocks. So, yeah. How about that? You can't get into the cell block if you're the jailer. The inmates are truly running the asylum, in this case, in Morganton, North Carolina. The Morganton Department of Public Safety sent to the jail to help out with fire and smoke and to try to unlock the darn locks there. I guess it was probably some kind of fancy electronic system there at the jail in north carolina but a lock malfunction keeps deputies out of their own jail in the old north state what a bizarre story to tell you about here on y'all talk with a southern accent when we come back from this break i've got a look at movies that are hitting theaters this weekend emma stone she's got a brand new movie 
And this might be the biggest movie in the post-coronavirus release of movies. I'll have info on that. All that coming up on Talk with a Southern Accent as we wrap up this second hour. Right, we're putting the final coat of paint on this second hour of y'all talk with an accent on everything southern and taking a look at what is in movie theaters on this memorial day weekend the much talked about much awaited cruella from disney is out this weekend a live action prequel feature film following a young cruella deville it stars emma stone and the other emma emma thompson as this movie is going to be big and it is out this weekend sci-fi thriller a quiet place part two also out in theaters this weekend endangered species that's got isabel bassett and philip winchester starring in this action thriller it's in theaters this weekend how about this one got to go see this one if it's in my local theater american traitor no that's not my bio it is the trial of axis sally a world war ii era movie and it has Al Pacino as one of the actors in this one. Ought to be a good one. It's a drama and is out this weekend. American Trader, The Trial of Axis Sally. A real-life person named Mildred Galars broadcast Nazi propaganda during World War II. And she, Mildred, that is, an American, a traitor, an American traitor. And that's the name of this movie in theaters this weekend. And that's a look at what's in the box office near you here on this Memorial Day weekend. That will wrap up Hour 2 of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Hang on to your stockings. we got another hour of Southern fun, and it is going to be starting up right after this break on Talk with a Southern Accent. Don't miss out. we got some sports headlines, updates from college baseball and more. And we also have the best school district in your state that we will be talking about. All that ahead on The Y'all Show. Thanks for listening. Continuing on with Southern Conversation. We are y'all. I'm John Rawl. Our website is yall.com y'all is the official homepage of the south it is my honor to be your host it is my honor and a, a, a big honor to be your friend and friends this is our final hour of the week so let's sit back and enjoy this hour before we get the memorial day weekend really going with grilling and honoring our american heroes who've fallen in battle this hour of y'all oh we're gonna make some of y'all a little bit upset we're gonna have you calling up your local school board and wondering what is going on here what's going on we have the best school district in every state that we'll be walking through the 16 southern states we'll be doing that that is an article out 
at stacker.com. Best school district in every state is your school district. One of them is the school district that your grandkids in. Is that going to be one of them? I'll share with you the list again from stacker.com. That's coming up here in just a few on this third hour of the y'all show. We also have more headlines, man. We've got some stuff happening across the Southland on this Friday and we'll share with you what some of that stuff is later in the hour, including from Louisiana, how an alligator that is a native Louisianan has somehow somehow swam his way to a beach in Texas. And it's not right there at Orange, Texas. It is South Texas. Yeah, an alligator spotted on Malaquite Beach, and that is near Corpus Christi and Padre Island National Seashore. And this is an alligator that his home is in Louisiana. And they found this gator in South Texas. What a adventurous little animal. Although not too little if you see the picture. And he's on the beach. How would you like to be out there with your suntan lotion covering your body and your sunglasses and you're grooving to the sounds of the of the jukebox or not you of the jam box of your of your uh, favorite listening device and there's a big alligator on the beach oh that would scare the you know what out of me also what would scare the you know out of me is what happened in the smoky mountains of tennessee where black bears crashed a pool party in east tennessee seven black bears seem to be having a good time playing in the pool of what should have been a party of people likely getting out of school this week by the way congratulations to all our youngsters who've made it through a successful year of their learning we'll have all that in our headlines later this hour and as we get out of here today i've got more festivals across the southeast that we'll be sharing with you if you're looking for a fun place to go this holiday weekend we've got festivals of all types we'll have that in our final segment from dixie with love 803-816-1170 is how you can get in touch with y'all. We want to hear from you. Let's go look at some sports happenings here. NBA, the playoffs well underway now. First round playoffs from both conferences going on. On Thursday, the Milwaukee Bucks took a 3-0 lead in their series with the Miami Heat, winning 113-84. The Lakers have come off the mat. The Lakers defeating the Phoenix Suns 109-95. L.A. now with a 2-1 series lead in that. The Nuggets with a 120-115 win over the Trailblazers. And now Denver has taken that series lead with a 2-1 mark. By the way, Milwaukee is a 3-0 series lead over Miami. They're only one win away from advancing. I can't believe the round one NBA games are four. It takes four games to win a series. I thought this would be the best of five. It's actually a best of seven as the NBA playoffs now will last until Christmas, probably. (laughs) All right, what's on tap in the NBA on this Friday? The Knicks and Hawks with their series tied. This movie shifts to the south. State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta is where you'll see on ESPN this matchup between the Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. That tips off at 7 Atlanta time again on ESPN. ABC... Primetime action from Boston 
as TD Garden has the Nets and Celtics game this evening. The Clippers and Mavs, that series has the Mavericks up 2 nothing, And it goes to American Airlines Center where the Mavs can shock the Clippers. Remember, the Clippers were the favorite. And they lost both games at their home arena in Tinseltown. And now Dallas looks to get one more win closer to perhaps sweeping this series against the Clips. That game is set to tip off in Big D at 8.30 Dallas time on this Friday evening. And that's what's happening NBA-wise, NASCAR-wise. What's going on with the stock car fellows here on this Memorial Day weekend? It's the NASCAR Cup Series at Charlotte from Charlotte Motor Speedway. That race set for Sunday at 6 Eastern, televised on Fox. Get your NASCAR in on this Memorial Day weekend. Although, I know Charlotte is a big-time place. It's roughly, you could say, the home of NASCAR. But I don't consider Memorial Day's race to be the biggest race. Of course, we know Daytona is the biggest race. But I think the July 4th race, the Road America race on July 4th is maybe a bigger deal than what happens Memorial Day weekend. That's just me. I, I, I'll, I'll let you have your own opinion on NASCAR. The Atlanta Falcons have offered a first-round pick for Julio Jones. And the Tennessee Titans, perhaps a long shot to get Julio Jones as they have discussed several officer, several offers for this former Alabama Crimson Tide wide receiver. And they're trying to get a future first-round draft pick for letting Julio out of Atlanta. The Falcons have asked teams that have inquired about Jones for a first-round pick in return for trading him. Atlanta has had discussions with Coach Smith's old employer, the Tennessee Titans. Of course, Coach Smith is the new coach of the Atlanta Falcons, comes from Tennessee where he had been the offensive coordinator, and now the Titans and Falcons are talking about perhaps a trade but some sources say it's a long shot of that happening. Titan players Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, one former Crimson Tide player, maybe a teammate of Julio Jones in Tuscaloosa, and then former Mississippi receiver A.J. Brown, have expressed on social media their interest of having Julio Jones as a teammate. And Brown even went on TikTok to uh, put him out a statement to Jones explaining why the Titans would be the perfect fit for the receiver. As he put out, Julio to Tennessee now. <laughs> hey, Julio might might take some of the fame away from you there, AJ. And you might not be catching as many passes if that were to happen. But there seems to be very little chance of Julio Jones being back for Atlanta for the Falcons in 2021 as he's expressed an interest to get out of Fulton County and play for another franchise in 2021. More Titans news. Cornerback Janorius Jenkins has said his Rolls Royce was stolen from an airport parking lot as he returned from a trip to West Palm Beach, Florida. And this actually happened in Atlanta at Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport as the Titans cornerback. His 2016 Rolls Royce Rife, or Wraith, I don't know how that's uh, pronounced, W-R-A-I-T-H, I don't have a Rolls Royce, so I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce some of their models. Stolen from the Atlanta airport, as he reported it missing on Wednesday, Janorius Jenkins had parked the $250,000 car in the South Economy lot at 
Atlanta's airport on May 5th before catching a flight to West Palm Beach. He's got a quarter of a million dollar car parked in the economy lot at Atlanta's airport. Yeah, he's asking for it to be stolen. Although, I don't think you could steal a Rolls Royce and get away with it for too long unless you stick it in a garage and keep it out of the public eye because I doubt too many people are riding around in quarter of a million dollar cars and not standing out and people saying, hey, that might be that NFL player Janorius Jenkins car running down this dirt road right now. (laughs) An update on golf. The Charles Schwab Challenge taking place at Colonial in Fort Worth. The defending champ is Daniel Berger there. It's a $7.5 million purse this weekend, a weekend that follows golf's second major of the year last weekend, the PGA Championship. And speaking of the PGA Championship, the the winner of Sunday's PGA Championship, Phil Mickelson, he did not have the best of days on the course there in Dallas-Fort Worth as he just was not striking the ball like you would expect a PGA champion to do. He was three over and tied for 87th. But he said, hey, I just won the PGA Championship, so back off. He didn't say back off. I'm saying it for lefty. Who did do well on Thursday? Spaniard Sergio Garcia. Jordan Spieth. Sergio married to a Texas girl, and he's now playing there at Fort Worth. Jordan Spieth, the native Texan, does so good when he's back in Texas. And he had a 7-under also on Thursday, good enough to tie with Sergio in this tournament at Colonial, the historic golf club there in Fort Worth. Other names of note who've done pretty well in their first-round golfing, Brant Snedeker, Vanderbilt alum, he was four-under on Thursday. And you also have American Patton Kazire. We haven't heard his name a whole lot. He was three-under in his play on Thursday. So, That is going on this weekend. It's not a major, but it's a good tournament here for this Memorial Day weekend. It is the Charles Schwab Challenge from Fort Worth. Major League Diamond on this Friday, Memorial Day weekend matchup. Cincinnati's in Chicago to take on the Cubs at Wrigley. Rockies and the Pirates getting together this weekend. Brew Crew and the Washington Nationals in our nation's capital. The Atlanta Braves will be in New York to take on the Mets this weekend. Marlins and Red Sox with an interleague matchup at Fenway. The New York pinstripe posse. The Yankees will be in Detroit to take on the Tigers. Toronto's at Cleveland this weekend. The O's will be in the guaranteed rate ballpark to take on the very good Chicago White Sox here this Memorial Day weekend. The Royals will be in Minnesota to take on the Twins. San Diego scoots over to Houston where the Astros await this weekend. Angels and A's in an AL West battle this weekend. Cardinals will be in Phoenix to take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Giants, they're in L.A. for their rivalry matchup here this Memorial Day weekend. And lastly, the Texas Rangers taking on the Seattle Mariners in an American League clash here this Memorial Day weekend. As far as college baseball, you've got your various conference tournaments taking place throughout this weekend SEC in Hoover, Alabama, where the likely team that will make its way to the championship game will be the Arkansas Razorbacks. Arkansas with a big win over Vanderbilt on Thursday night. They don't have to play today. They get to await a game on Saturday. If they win that one, then they're into the conference championship game on Sunday. 
We can fill you in on some games that are taking place today. Texas Tech, TCU are playing in a top 15 battle in the Big 12 tournament in Oklahoma City. And the Horned Frogs with an early 4-0 lead on the Red Raiders. Tennessee and Alabama are playing. They have not scored yet in their matchup at the SEC tournament. Loser goes home. Winner keeps on playing. Also in the South, you got Memphis and East Carolina in the American Tournament Championship taking place in Clearwater, Florida. SEC, Mississippi, and Vanderbilt. Those two teams are both in the top 15 of college baseball. They're set for a mid-afternoon meetup in the SEC tournament. FSU and Miami, old friends there. They are at the ACC tourney in Charlotte, and they have a mid-afternoon matchup. Also in the ACC, the UNC Tar Heels and their rival NC State Wolfpack playing in the ACC tourney. That game is going to be on this Friday evening in Ruston, Louisiana. The Western Carolina Hilltoppers and the number 18 Louisiana Tech Bulldogs have a tournament game there in Ruston as part of the Conference USA clash. Texas plays on this Friday evening. The number two team in the land will play the loser of the Texas Tech TCU game later this evening. And that's a look at some of the conference baseball action, the tournaments that are going on. And remember, your tournament sites include Southern Conference, four teams, the top four teams there playing at Floor Field in Greenville, South Carolina, and that includes Mercer and Sanford playing in the SoCon tourney. Walford's also in the mix for that one. The ACC's in Charlotte, SEC's in Hoover, Big 12 is in Oklahoma City, and OVC Baseball, they're having their conference championship at the ballpark at Jackson in Jackson, Tennessee is where you'll see teams like Murray State and Southeast Missouri suiting up for a conference title on the line for the Ohio Valley Conference. And that is what's going on sports-wise here this Memorial Day weekend. When we come back, we're going to have a great conversation about school districts. Is your school district the best in its state? I'll tell you what each school district is the number one school district in each of our 16 southern states this comes to us from stacker.com that's on the way plus some more news headlines from across the southland coming before we wrap up this third hour of talk with an accent on everything southern Thank you, Miss Casey. This is y'all talk with a southern accent. That song there helps remind us all about 
the job that our waitresses and waiters do, taking care of our hunger pains. And we thank y'all as we have Memorial Day weekend. That I know a lot of us will be going to the backyard and grilling and having a good time there, but a lot of us will be going to restaurants around the southeast this weekend, and we go to those restaurants now that the coronavirus is hopefully winding down and a good opportunity to, to maybe dine out this weekend if you haven't done that in a while and take care of those waiters and waitresses who come up and sometimes blow smoke, tell you how great you are, how good you look. Hey, sugar, you know, they tell you that kind of fun stuff and hey, baby, and, and you still want to give them. 5% tip. No, don't do that. 15 to 20. That's what you need to do. And 25 if they're unbelievable. Just don't stiff them. Don't want to do that. That's a tough job. And we appreciate Casey Musgraves bringing that kind of attention to that song. They're blowing smoke. And you can see that music video. It's a really, really creative music video done by that East Texas girl several years ago. And Casey, a product of the schools there. In her native Texas. Speaking of schools, all right, I'm going to tick some of y'all off here with this report. It comes to us from Stacker.com, the best school district in every state. As our schools are wrapping up here this school year, tough school year, many students virtual all year. Some students brave enough to go into the classroom. I think it worked out pretty well for all the students I have not reported, thankfully. I'm sure there have been cases. I have not reported, nor have I seen one single kid in the entire country who came down with the coronavirus and died as a result of it. I'm sure it happened, but I have not heard about it. And that's a wonderful thing to sit here and tell you, because imagine if we had a big outbreak in Dozens of kids died in a school district this past year. Real tragedy, first of all, but could you imagine the repercussions from that and the just immense scrutiny of school district officials for choosing to go forward and have school? I'm not aware. I know there's been teachers who have died from the coronavirus, but I don't know of any young kids who can trace their infection of the disease came from being a student in school i know it probably is somewhere but i i've not heard about it and if it happened it wasn't covered very well so that's another thing we're just sitting here bragging about our waitresses and waiters of the world thank our school teachers thank our students thanks for the parents who've gotten the kids up and gone through the routine here this year it's been a tough routine imagine being a kid here this whole year in most school districts of the south if you are a kid, you've had to wear a mask in school all day long. Even when things got a lot better here the last two months or so, most school districts have required mask wearing all day long. Maybe they get to take them off when they go out to recess. South Carolina's Governor McMaster recently said that South Carolina students did not have to wear the mask in school, but until he said that, I had not heard of anybody telling kids they could take them off. So you know kids are are double excited right now. They are now getting out of school for the summer. That's pretty exciting. And I know they don't want to go back to school in a couple of months. But they got something to be excited about because 
unless things change. When they return to school in August and September, it's going to be like 2019 all over again, and they can go to school and not have to wear a darn mask all day. They can actually breathe while in the classroom. And and way to go. So if you're a kid listening to me right now, you got a lot to be thankful for, and you got a lot to look forward to. School, summer, and then going back to school and actually breathing in a classroom and and getting up nice and close with your buddies, maybe even picking on each other and doing things that kids do in school. Just don't get paddled. I don't even know if you can be paddled in school these days. Don't do anything to get in trouble. We don't want that to happen because I don't want you blaming me for your bully ways in school. Now, the website Stacker has analyzed data from Niche and they've calculated the best school district in every U.S. state. Now, Niche's rankings rely on stats from the U.S. Department of Education, as well as SAT and ACT scores, college readiness, teacher quality, and graduation rates. So they've gone through the entire country and come out with what they call the best school district in every state. So teachers, parents, officials, residents, People that have a vested interest in a certain area, listen up. I'm going to walk through, according to Stacker.com, the best school district in the state that you live in. Alabama, the number one school district. Madison City Schools, Madison, Alabama. That is a suburb of Huntsville in Madison County, Alabama. They also have a very successful in a wonderful private school in Madison, Alabama. Madison Academy, I think it's what it's called. But the Madison City School District in Madison, Alabama, with over 11,000 students, is your number one school district in Alabama. Average teacher salary there is almost $57,000 a year. Graduation rate of 96%. Student-teacher ratio in Madison City Schools, 18 to 1. That is Alabama's best school district. Now, Arkansas. Arkansas's best school district, and I don't know if they factor in public schools and private schools or just public schools. I I don't know what stacker the good folks there use to come up with this report. I'm just the bearer of news. The best school district in the natural state, Haas Hall Academy in Fayetteville. Haas Hall Academy, it has a math proficiency of 90%, a reading proficiency of 91%. They spend an average of $8,200 on every student. The expenditure per student is $8,200. This is obviously a private school. Do you know what the number one school district in Arkansas's teacher salary is at Haas Hall Academy where they have 941 students? Average teacher salary at Haas Hall at good old HHA, $19,430 at this private school in Fayetteville. But it's considered to be the top district in Arkansas, according to Stacker.com. Up next, you have from Florida, St. John's County School District in St. Augustine. 42,000 students attend this school district in the Sunshine State. 
Teacher salary there, about around 40000 They have a 93% graduation rate, a student-teacher ratio of 18 to 1 at St. John's County School District. And again, according to Stacker.com, the best school district in Florida. Georgia, the top school district is Buford City Schools in Buford, Georgia. That is northeast of Atlanta with almost 5,000 students in the Buford City Schools. They have a 93% graduation rate. And in Buford, Georgia, a teacher there, the average salary, $62,865. A lot higher than what they've got in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah, Buford City Schools, the best school district in Georgia. On to the bluegrass of Kentucky. In Kentucky's best school district, according to Stacker.com, Fort Thomas Independent Schools in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. They've got a 96% graduation rate, 61000 in what the average teacher salary there is, and a student-to-teacher ratio of 17 to 1 at Fort Thomas Independent School District, Fort Thomas, Kentucky. 3,100 students call Fort Thomas Independent School District home. Up next, Louisiana. In Zachary, there you'll find the Zachary Community Public School System, and it has 5,500 students, and it is the top school district in the state of Louisiana. Teacher salary there, $63,115. The expenditure per student is $11,024 in Zachary, Louisiana, at the Zachary Community Public School System. Next is Maryland, Howard County Public Schools. Ellicott City is the location for Howard County. And the the Howard County Public School District is the top school district in Maryland, according to Stacker.com. Whoo, I need to get a job at this school district. The average pay for a teacher at the Howard County Public School District, $75,357. Graduation rate, 92%. They've got 58,000 students as part of Howard County Public Schools in Ellicott City, Maryland. North Carolina. North Carolina, your number one school district, according to – I shouldn't skip over Mississippi or Missouri, should I? No, let me go back. See, I need to go to one of these best school districts to get my reading and writing skills down because I'm skipping over states for some crazy reason. Mississippi's public school district – that is number one, is Petal. The Petal School District in Petal in the Jackson area. I think I'm right now. I think Petal is actually by Hattiesburg. I'm getting Petal. I am not the first person, and I should know better. Shame on me. I should know the difference between Petal, Mississippi, and Pearl, Mississippi. Yeah, Petal is in Nathan Bedford Forest County, along the Leaf River, there, Leaf River there in the Hattiesburg-Laurel area of South Mississippi. Petal, right, literally, borders Hattiesburg. The friendly city is what Petal is known for. Population, right at 11,000. Hal Marks is the mayor. Hal's been in the news. He's a little bit... Um, outspoken if you will in fact here's what he said a year ago almost on this exact same day about the killing of george floyd hal marks of petal mississippi with a comment saying 
I didn't see anything unreasonable. If you can say you can't breathe, you're breathing. Most likely that man died of overdose or heart attack. Video doesn't show his resistance that got him in that position. Police being crucified. Those posts later deleted. The alderman of Petal officially censured Mayor Marks called for his resignation, which he declined. They protested him. But how Marks is still the mayor of Petal, the friendly city, which literally straddles the city of Hattiesburg in South Mississippi. Now, that city may not be overly proud of some of the comments its mayor makes, but it's very proud of the school district there in Petal, as it is Mississippi's number one school district, Petal School District, where they pay teachers an average of $45,000 a year. Now to Missouri, the number one school district in the Show Me State is the school district of Clayton. In Clayton, Missouri, 2,600 students call this school district home. The average teacher salary, I'm going to have to move to Missouri instead of Maryland, 87936 is the pay there in Clayton, Missouri. And I better pull up where this is so that I can guide all you who want to get a job teaching in the Clayton School District and making that 80 dollars a year salary. Clayton is in St. Louis, in the St. Louis area. It's essentially surrounded by the city of St. Louis. So if you're willing to move to a big city and live in Clayton, Missouri, population of just over 15,000, then have at it. You can go there and be a teacher in the school district of Clayton with a 99% graduation rate. Not bad. Not bad at all. Now to North Carolina and the school district of the Tar Heel State, that's numero uno, is Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools. Over 12,000 students call this district home. They have a 90% graduation rate. They spend $13,000 a year on each student. Average teacher pay of 46000 And Chapel Hill, Carborough City Schools in Orange County, your number one school district in North Carolina. Oklahoma's top school district is the Jinx Public Schools in Jinx, Oklahoma. Let's pull up where that is. Jinx, Oklahoma is located, survey says, in Tulsa County. So there it is. It's in the Tulsa area. Began as a community site established by the Midland Valley Railroad between Tulsa and Muskogee alongside the Arkansas River. Got a population of around 17,000. No, that's moved up. It's a growing place. The total estimated population of Jinx is now 24,000 in Tulsa County, Oklahoma. And it is the home of the Jinx Public Schools. Maybe that's why people are moving in there to attend this great school system that is the number one school system in Oklahoma. South Carolina's top school district, Fort Mill, right there in York County near Charlotte, North Carolina. Fort Mill with a 94% graduation rate. They spend almost $16,000 a year per student in the Fort Mill school district. Average teacher pay there in that portion of South Carolina is 53000 Tennessee and the number one school district in the volunteer state comes to us courtesy of Shelby County 
and it's not Shelby County Schools. It's the Collierville School District in Collierville, Tennessee. 9,000 students call this district home. Expenditure per student here is over $15,000. Average teacher pay 54000 at the Collierville School District in Tennessee. A nice maroon-colored school in West Tennessee, but right there next to Germantown and also right next to the city of Memphis, home of the Collierville Dragons, and that's the best school district in the volunteer state. Moving along with this ranking from Stacker.com of the best school district in every state, have, have we got you fired up yet? Are you mad that your state hasn't made the cut as the number one school district? Texas is a pretty darn big state. You may not realize that. <laughs> and Austin's Eanes Independent School District is the number one district in the whole state of Texas. Average teacher salary at the EANES, Eanes Independent School District, is 51000 They spend $24,000 a year per student. And because of that, maybe explains how they have a graduation rate of 98% at the Eanes Independent School District in Austin. Number one in all of the Lone Star State. And lastly, as we wrap up with the Virginias, the the state of Virginia has the Falls Church City Public Schools in Falls Church, Virginia. They're the number one school district in Virginia. And I'm taking my resume and I'm sending it not to Maryland or Missouri. It's now going to Falls Church, the Average teacher salary in Falls Church, Virginia, $95,479. $95,000 is the average teacher salary. They've got 2,600 students there, 92% reading proficient, 97% graduation rate. That's pretty good. I don't think it's worth 90-something thousand dollars a year per teacher, but hey, if they want to pay it there in Falls Church, that's that's on them. Lastly, in West Virginia, it will take you to the home of the Mountaineers, Morgantown, West Virginia, and there is the Monongahela County School District, and there, that school district is the number one school district in West Virginia. Reading proficient is sadly 54%. Math proficient is 50%. And this is the number one school district in West Virginia? They do have a 90% graduation rate. 11,000 students call the Monongahela County Schools home. It's the top school district, again, according to Stacker.com. Average teacher salary, 51000 for a school that has a 50% math proficient rate and a 54% reading rate, and it's the number one school district in West Virginia, according to Stacker.com. As we might have said or you might have learned in your school district growing up, those kind of numbers just don't add up. As we also might have said, that ain't right. But that's the number one school district in that state, at least according to Stacker.com. Go on, check out, see what else is on there if you'd like. Learn more about this. As it is the best school districts in every state article up right now at this website. And it's a pretty good read. And you also can, of course, not only read about the southern states, but you can read about the rest of the 34 states chronicled outside of the south. Stephen Netswiski is the author of this article up at Stacker. The Y'all Show continues after this break. Hang on. We're going to shift over from talking about education to letting you know about what's going on in the Southeast on this Friday. 
bears and alligators. That'll be the subject of discussion after this break. You don't want to miss it on Talk About the South. Touching song here on this Memorial Day weekend from Billy Ray Cyrus. That was from his second album out in 1993 on Mercury Records. Hopefully that gets a lot of airplay this weekend as we salute our heroes who've died fighting for the red, white, and blue. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We're quickly coming to an end of this Friday edition of Y'all Let's quickly catch you up on some headlines and more across the nation here on this day that we get ready to start the Memorial Day weekend. In Washington, D.C., Chuck Schumer is saying that the Senate is reaching a deal to vote on January 6th and get out of town. That's what the Senate Majority Leader and a group of Republican conservatives have struck a deal to allow a vote today on a bill setting up a bipartisan January 6th commission, which will let senators go out of Washington for the Memorial Day recess. Isn't that crazy? They're more concerned about getting out of town so quick that they got to strike a deal to vote on something like this. The deal, which was approved by the entire Senate after being hotline is the term, will postpone the final procedural votes and the final up or down vote on a bill to improve U.S. competitiveness with China until the month of June. That's some news out of D.C. here on this Friday. Also want to let you know that we have, have, speaking of Washington, D.C., the House of Representatives already has taken off. On Thursday, Marjorie Green, the Georgia congressman, and Matt Gates, the Florida congressman, together in Dalton to have a little birthday party for Marge. <laughs> and there, the question Marjorie Green asked her constituents, I have a very important question. We've got to clear something up. 
who won the presidential race on November 3rd in Georgia? And the crowd chanted, Donald J. Trump, 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 Trump. Matt Gates and his touring act partner, Marjorie Green, together in North Georgia, as President Trump's getting ready here pretty soon to go on a cross-country series of rallies, and these two might be his warm-up act, Green and Gates, G&G, Florida and Georgia together, the controversial combo, if you will. But for Republicans, for diehard conservatives, they like this combination. They like Marjorie Green. She does say some things from time to time that scratches your head. But what she says is perfectly protected under the First Amendment. You might not like what she says, but and if she's not saying something illegal, she she is. Uh, if if you don't like it and you live in her area, vote her out of office. That's just real simple. But until she breaks a law, she ought to have the same protections of saying dumb things like other people in Congress do. The people that say things like when Trump was in office, or yeah, when she got elected, the congressman from. Michigan said we're going to impeach the blank blank things like that free country you can say dumb things as long as you're not breaking laws Marjorie Green and Matt Gates who might be breaking some laws that's a whole nother subject but uh, he's innocent until the guilty uh, the guilt is there they're in Dalton Georgia on Thursday having a birthday party of sorts for Marjorie Green oh what a combo let's talk about some animals so there is an alligator spotted on a beach in South Texas near Corpus Christi. That shouldn't be the world's biggest news story, right? No, it really isn't. This happened a beach there 25 miles southeast of Corpus Christi, Malaquite Beach in the Padre Island National Seashore. A big old gator. I don't have the exact size, but it looks like it's about an 8 to 9 foot gator. Not quite what swamp people call a wappa. That's a wappa. Eh, maybe not quite a whopper there in South Texas, but this alligator was on the beach. That's a new story in itself. But National Park Service rangers found the gator checked its tail notch and tags on its rear feet, and they determined this thing came from all the way in Louisiana. How did this massive gator go from the Pelican State all the way to South Texas, a South Texas beach? Malaquit Beach, near Corpus Christi. That's a long way for that gator to go. And it was found, and it's a, it's perfectly fine. That's good news. But a well-traveled gator, maybe a storm pushed it on along, and I don't know if gators no- normally swim out in the ocean. I don't think they do. But this is a runaway gator from the Pelican State, now in custody, if you will, perhaps headed back to his native state and lastly in a look of headlines black bears crashing a pool party in the tennessee smoky mountains seven bears getting to a swimming pool there and this was a swimming pool that was supposed to be used by a jrotc group that were having an end of the year party and seven bears got into the pool at the chalet village near the smoky mountains in gatlinburg and the gators, I mean, not gators, that would been kind of weird if they'd had gators in Gatlinburg. The seven bears appeared to go into an enclosed pool space and had a good time and ran the kids out of the pool. Kids not able to enjoy the bears there at the chalet village in Gatlinburg. 
which, of course, there's bears in those hills there. <laughs> but they don't need to be getting in the pool, and they don't need to have seven of them in the pool there at the hotel in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Uh, I don't know if the JROTC folks ended up having a party of their own somewhere else, but a fun story to wrap up some of the headlines and more here on this weekend's kickoff of the Y'all Show. We'll come right back after this break and wrap things up for the week. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Think of all your liberties and recall. All right, y'all, it's Memorial Day weekend. Final segment, let me quickly run through some festivals taking place across the southeast in Pineville, Kentucky this weekend. It's the Kentucky Mountain Laurel Festival. In Bernie, Texas, it's the Old West Summer Fest going on this weekend. Tampa, Florida's got the Sunset Music Festival. That is an electronic music festival featuring Rez, Seven Lions, Green Velvet, A.C. Slater, and Nightmare Ocean Springs, Mississippi this weekend. It's the downtown Ocean Springs Crawfish Cook-Off. Woo-hoo! Helen, Georgia, German country. This weekend, it's Bavarian Fest taking place on Saturday. In North Little Rock, it's the North Shore Balloon Fest this weekend. Chattanooga's got the Chattanooga Beer Fest taking place at the First Horizon Pavilion. That's right across from the football stadium for the UTC Mocs. And we want to remind you, taking place... In Brownsville, Tennessee, here this weekend, you've got a blues festival going on, the Exit 56 Blues Fest, and that is at the West Tennessee Delta Heritage Center and Tina Turner Museum in Brownsville, Tennessee, Exit 56 Blues Fest. Memorial Day weekend is here. I can't thank y'all enough for being along with us for this weekend. John Rawl signing off from y'all. Talk with a Southern accent. We're off the air Monday. We'll see you back here for Tuesday and a whole new week of talk with a southern accent.